Hey, fellow murder peeps. I'm Sarah. Sweetie, sweetie. What? I love you. Oh, wow. I okay. Yes, and I'm Anthony. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I know she immediately reached to, to turn off the computer. She thought there was something horribly wrong. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Bonding Over Murder. The show where I tell Anthony true crime stories he's never heard of before. Yes, and as we all know, I was probably happier not knowing them. Yeah, well, as I always say, Except you're Except for gonna... the Order of the Solar Temple. I need more of that in my life. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Only Quebec will be spared. Yes. It's my favorite. Uh, you know, actually, that's true. I've learned some things I, I would much rather keep. Like, uh, I now know what is the fanciest mustache in the entire universe. And that's Veerpan, although that's, he's dead now. It's something else. Yeah. It is quite something, but, you know, <laughs> he's dead now. So do we really have that? His mustache will go on. <laughs> All I hear is the Titanic music. My mustache will go on. <laughs> Anyways, so what are we doing here today, sweetheart? Today we're going to be covering the case of Mark Twitchell, Edmonton's Dexter killer. Yo. So our neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, the man who tried to be Dexter and failed miserably. <laughs> So this episode was requested multiple times, so it should be a good one. Okay, right on. Let's dive into it. Well, before we do that, got a case you want us to cover? Email us at bondingovermurder at gmail.com. Mark Twitchell was born on July 4th, 1979 in Edmonton, Alberta. He spent a few years of his life living in the Midwest of the United States. I don't really have a lot on his childhood, but, um, you know, spend some time in the States. As one does. Yes. He came back to Canada in the 1990s and proceeded to take a course on television and radio at Nate. What's a course on television and radio look like? Wait a second. Radio at Nate? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. They would have been in the same building that I was in. I went to Nate and I went to the, the building V for forestry. Well, you weren't there at the same time as him, thank God. Oh. When was this he there? The 90s? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was there after him. <laughs> well, yeah, you were born in 90. Yeah, I know. I wasn't in college when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> or zero. <laughs> or zero. Yeah. <laughs> Prodigious. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, Nate is um, the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. So that's where all the... Um, like the, it's a trades college. Yeah, it's yeah. a trades. You learn college. the trades there. Exactly. Anthony's been there a couple times. Three different <laughs> four, times. Four times. Four times. I thought it was three. No, it's four. One for uh, forest technologies. One for mechanics. Both those were in building V with the broadcasting conveniently. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, once for uh, medical first responder, and then one for primary care paramedic. So it's. Oh been, right! Been there I quite forgot. A bit. I forgot about the MFR. I didn't count that, but I guess that it's a different time. It was a different year. Yeah, no, true. Uh, so he was known to be a loner, and but was still able to maintain a core group of friends. Okay. One of those friends was Drew Kenworthy, who stated that Twitchell was a good guy, but not trustworthy. How, how do you earn that reputation? How can you be a good guy? Oh, you must just be like late all the time or super flaky. Oh, I, I get into it a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he and Twitchell became friends because of their mutual interest in Star Wars. Oh, right on. So he is a huge Star Wars fan, uh, which we'll definitely get into later. <laughs> right on. I'm a uh, a pre-Disney Star Wars fan. Pre-Disney. Pre-Disney with the exception of Rogue <laughs> One. That one, for whatever reason, was a freaking gem. But everything else is just bleh. I know. 
He even signed that petition to make it not canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After uh, the... the um, oh, Force what, Awakens? What? No, no, not Force Awakens. The really, really, really bad one. Last Jedi? Yeah. After that one came out, I signed a petition to try and strike it from the canon so it's not part of my Star Wars universe. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't go against Disney. It's and now just I just strong. hate Star Wars universally. It's so bad it's gone back in time and ruined all the Star Wars for me. Well, on to uh, the, this dude. <laughs> on to the actual topic. <laughs> uh, when Twitchell was a part of group projects in school, he would never do his part. Um, I'm going to call him Mark. His name, dry, like his last name, is like a tongue twister for me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Mark is fine. So when Mark was a part of the group projects in school, he would never do his part. So instead of owning up to this, he would constantly make excuses and come up with stories as to why he couldn't. (laughs) Not a team player, this one. No. Uh, Despite not helping with any projects, he managed to graduate from school in 1999. Ah, good. Go for you, Mark. (laughs) Ugh. Loser. <laughs> I'm sorry. We went through an actual Dexter killer who only killed criminals and had and has a very successful YouTube channel. Like, nothing. oh yeah, Pedro. Yeah, yeah, that nothing. guy. That guy was intense. Nothing. <laughs> like on like Mark, you got nothing on on Pe- Pedro. Well, let's. I, I have no idea why you're just ragging on this poor Star Wars nerd who's not much of a team player. Well, <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace came out that same year, and Kenworthy made a fundraiser in response to the long lineups to see it call, and he called it Standathon. No. <laughs> so proceeds from this fundraiser were going to the Children's Wish Foundation of Canada. Uh, so Mark decided to take part in the fundraiser and wanted to auction off what he claimed were conceptual drawings by the Star Wars production crew. So okay. like legit conceptual drawings by the actual makers of I'm Star I'm guessing Wars. he didn't get his filthy paws on those, did he? No. No. <laughs> um, only after the drawings were all sold did Kenworthy discover that they were all fake. Oh, after he sold them, who bought them? People for the fundraiser. Oh, man. So he swindled them all. So the drawings appeared like they had been traced. Oh. So he literally found conceptual drawings from that people actually made from the Star Wars production. Oh, and, uh, crafty. And traced, traced them. Yep, yep, crafty. <laughs> the, you should have been suspicious when you found your drawing was on rice paper. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even make that stuff anymore? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure they do. So whatever the sketching paper is, the really super thin yeah. translucent paper. I used to love doing that when I was a kid, yeah. using that tracing paper. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he's scamming the shit out of other Star Wars nerds. Yeah, so when Mark was contrad- confronted about this, he swore that the drawings were real. <laughs> uh, and after this incident, Kenworthy and Mark lost touch. Okay. Because, you know, I would too. Yeah, fair enough. Fuck you. If you're going to do that to my fundraiser, that's for the Children's Wish Foundation. Well, did he actually raise money for the Children's Wish? Yeah, I, I didn't uh, research how much, but yeah, he did. Well, I mean, so he scammed people, which is not good. I mean, but other then he people gave... donated besides the Star Wars drawing. No, I get that. But just in his own efforts, he scammed people, yeah. which is not good. But the proceeds went to the wee children. So yeah. <laughs> worse things have been done. Yeah, he's he's kind of a douche. There's there's like one or two things that I'm impressed that he's able to do, which we'll get into later. But like, he's kind of like scamming he's, for the children. <laughs> well, he kind of is like a less successful failure of an H.H. Holmes, essentially in the swindler department, not the murder, 
Okay. Well, we we don't know any of this yet. Why don't we just start getting there? Either way. Uh, So after graduating, Mark moved to the U.S. and got married at age 21. Okay. The couple met on an online chat room and got married in January of 2001. Cool. So in 2005, the couple got divorced and Mark moved back to Edmonton. Oh, that didn't last very long. Nope. I couldn't find why, but I'm going to assume lying. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he was known to be a compulsive liar. Yeah, good Lying. guy. Just big liar. <laughs> Not trustworthy. <laughs> that should have been your first clues, because you described him as a good guy, but not trustworthy, but a... then you trusted him to give you conceptual yeah. drawings. It's such a paradox. So... Yeah, he's a good guy. You just can't trust him. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one kind of confused me, too. You know, the only way I know that would work is, like, a good guy, you can't trust him to, like, show up on time or something. Like, you know, a good yeah. guy who's just, you know, flaky, but... I don't know. In general, you can't trust him at all. It's like, how's he a good guy? That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when he returned, he decided to make his own Star Wars fan film called Star Wars The Secrets of the Rebellion. Ooh. Which sounds interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Um, while Mark had previous experience making costumes, he was known uh, as he was known to stand, attend Star Wars and comic book movie premieres wearing elaborate costumes that he made himself from scratch. Wow. So he had experience making costumes, but because he had no experience filming, he got a production team and learned as he went along. This guy's kicking nerdiness up a notch. So the costumes... I'm very impressed with. Okay. Like, I had to leave out the details of how he made the costumes because of time, but the nerdiness in me was very, um, very fascinated. <laughs> so that's the only part I like about him is his ability to make crazy, awesome, kick-ass costumes. Like, he molded plastic. Uh, oh, wow. That is skill. He molded plastic. He had plastic molds and made, like, these elaborate costumes. Like, wow. very impressive. Like, very that, cool. Like, that is the only praise he's going to get this entire <laughs> fucking time. Because it just, ugh. Anyway, uh, the team filmed the movie mostly in the summer of 2006 with a green screen set at Nate and used actors from around the city and out of town. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was all filmed at Nate, pretty much. Uh, he would post about his project on Star Wars message boards and claimed it was a throwback to the original trilogy and its indie spirit. Oh, nice. Yeah, which, again, sounds interesting. Yeah, no, I'm. he's got me sold. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the project even got the attention of a local news station. Cool. So, you know, getting some fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark attempted to get Kenworthy on board with the project, but he uh, opted out. Uh, Kenworthy stated, it wasn't an original concept, and I didn't really have faith that it was going to fly. Um, He was also curious as to how Mark could pull the project off without getting sued by Lucasfilms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is... Because he didn't have rights to any Star Wars things. It was just him flying out of the seat of his pants. Well, how does making a fanfic work? If you're selling it for money, you need to get licensed. Yeah, yeah. If you're giving it away, it doesn't matter. There you go. Okay, that makes sense. But if you're making monetary profit on something and you don't have the licensing rights, then... um, (laughs) And he's just just giving her. He doesn't give a shit. It's a full project. Like, he has a whole complete team making... Like, there's a woodwork area. There was, like... And they all just assume someone's got the licensing for it. It's all good. I'm I'm guessing, (laughs) but, like... Uh, so Mark's response to this was that he's planning to sell the DVDs at cost to avoid legal problems. Wow. Which I don't know if that would work. That doesn't sound like it would work. I don't think it would <laughs> that work. That doesn't sound You're right. You're still selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to this day, The Secrets of the Rebellion has never been released. 
<laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Uh, members of the production team also claimed that Mark was almost never there, spending most of his time making costumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He would use his costumes to make money at conventions. Boy knows what he likes. I still fi- fail to find out where the murder is coming in. Oh, that's later. We're, we're getting into that soon. All right. Well, you know, it's kind of I just like... want to give you kind of like kind of the Swindler-esque personality yeah, we're, we're, in the we're line. we're taking it slow this episode. We're not just diving straight into the murder with both hands. There's not a lot of murder. Like, he's not a serial killer. He killed one person. Well, yeah, you're giving away spoilers. Yeah. Either way. Uh, so he spent $450 Canadian on materials to make a film-accurate Spider-Man suit and would wear it to movie premieres uh, that he would charge money for photos for. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so $450 on materials and, like, impressed. Yeah. Like, impressed yeah. with the ability that he could do a film-accurate Spider-Man suit. That's impressive. Do we, uh, on this podcast, do we ever attach, like, links in the description or something where people could, like, look for, like, the photos of some of the stuff we're talking about? I post all the articles I use for research. Uh, so there is some extra stuff on there. But you can probably just Google Mark Twitchell costumes and it'll come up on Google, I imagine. Oh, okay. I just thought yeah. it would be nice if we could include like pictures of some of this stuff, mostly of mustaches, but generally <laughs> generally of other things. <laughs> well, usually uh, I post a, a picture of the person and then all the links to what I used for research. But um, you can just Google that. But either way, uh, in 2007, he won um, the Bears Howling Howler and Sonic's Monster Mash. Those are both radio station uh, contests. Okay. Wearing a suit of the Transformer Bumblebee. Ooh. He won $3,000 and a Harley bike. Wow. Yeah, what because a- that's the one where he melted plastic to make it look like it was metal. He won a motorcycle. And three thousand dollars. Well, I mean, I'm a little more excited about the motorcycle. It's worth a lot. <laughs> it's worth a lot more than three thousand dollars. A Harley Davidson, yeah. Yeah, I actually don't know what bikes go for, but it's worth a lot more than three thousand dollars. A brand new Harley. Yeah, and he won both. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So he was also known to dress up as Wolverine, Predator, and multiple Star Wars characters, including Darth Maul, Darth Vader, and Jedi Kit Fisto. I oh yeah. Who, I don't know who that is. Um, didn't we look that up? You were asking me about Kit Fisto. Pretty sure he's the green squid looking monster guy. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's got all of exactly one line in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and that is... Well, the one that I, I wanted to Google was uh, the Darth Maul. That'd be... Yeah, that'd be a good one. With his elaborate costumes, it probably looked like dope as fuck. <laughs> but um, anyway... Mark married his second wife in 2007, and their daughter was born shortly after. The couple met online using a dating site called Plenty of Fish, which from now on I will call POF. Okay. POF. There's well, Plenty of Fish. Everyone knows about POF in Canada, in Edmonton at least. Except you know, for me. From, but now I know. Yes. <laughs> well, either way. Uh, in 2008, the relationship was beginning to fall apart to the point where they were sleeping in separate bedrooms. Yeah. She suspected Mark of cheating on her and would fight about Mark spending too much time working on movie projects that didn't make any money while he also didn't have a job at the same time. Ah, yeah, that's doomed to fail. Yeah. Uh, She asked him to go with her to couples counseling and marked his Friday night appointments on a wall calendar, which will come back later. Okay. Uh, He never went to these appointments and would spend time on his movie projects or talking to Facebook friends instead. (laughs) Sounds like this guy, yep. So there's lots of text message documentation in this one, so there's lots of quotes for me 
um, that are kind of, like, it pertains, it's relevant. One of those friends was Renee Waring. They met when she became Facebook friends with an account that had a Dexter Morgan face from the show Dexter, uh, and name, like, so the profile on Facebook had Dexter Morgan's face and his name as their profile. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So yep. she, she thought the account was affiliated with the show in some way. Um, turns out, nope, just Mark. <laughs> right on you do you mark <laughs> so do that's why he's called the dexter killer is not because you know like he like pedro where he only killed criminals yeah uh it, just because he's obsessed with the show dexter oh nice you know and yeah okay so I'll he's a dexter fanboy right now hardcore i never really could get into that show i always kind of found that uh you know, with uh with Dexter it starts off really intriguing cuz he's really good at what he does and you just watch him get really bad at it as he goes yeah. like he never gets away with it clean and simple after like the first episode and mark looked at that and was like got to get me some of that <laughs> got to get me some of that okay <laughs> wait but wh- so he just decided he needs to start murdering people? Uh, we'll get into that right away here. Okay. I, I'm kind of failing to see the character development. He's gone from nerdy fanboy to now got to get me some of that murder. Oh, we're going to get into it right <laughs> okay. now. Don't, don't you worry. I got you covered. Uh, so the two became friends after this because of their mutual love for the show Dexter, which I do love Dexter. It's a great show uh, to, to an extent. Mm. Season four and, you know, is kind of my limit. I'll watch season pretty one. Pretty stupid season ending. Four. I haven't even watched the new one. I'm a lumberjack now. That's how. (laughs) Either way. Don't worry uh, about it. (laughs) Well, there's the new show, New Blood, Uh which kind of goes into that. And I already already have my predictions. I said it in episode one. (laughs) He's got little evenly proportioned bags of squirrels at the bottom of the lake. (laughs) And the fish cops are on to him. The fish cops. (laughs) Well, they'll get you. The fish cops. That's what we call the fish and wildlife officers, the fish cops. Oh, I I was imagining a fish that had like a little cop detective hat. <laughs> of course <And> you were. <laughs> I didn't know that's what the fish and wildlife people were called. <laughs> who calls them the fish cops? Those of us who like to poke fun. Uh, their messages to each other were lengthy, and eventually they started talking about dark fantasies. Okay. Um, dark fantasies. Yes. So I'll say Renee for ease of, you know, understanding of who I'm talking about. Okay. So one of Renee's dark fantasies was uh, killing her ex-husband's new wife. Ah, uh, who doesn't want to do that? Exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> I meant like sarcastically. It, sounded, it sounded like you completely agree. No. <laughs> exactly. No. I mean, I don't have an ex-husband. Uh, who has a new wife, so I can only imagine. But either way... We could set that scenario um, up for you if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're you're stuck with me for life, dude. Yeah, that's okay. Wor- worse things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, so keep in mind on the dates of, like, when I tell you these text messages happen, because it's in, you know, kind of interesting on the timeline. Okay, uh, so they're texting their dark fantasies to each other. Yes, so Mark responded to her fantasy on um, October 3rd, 2008. Quote, if you really want to make this happen and get away with it, prepare a kill room the same way Dex does. Wall-to-wall plastic sheeting. 
Nice. He then told her to be fully clothed in disposable rain gear and, quote, pulverize the jaw bones and remove the teeth to avoid dental ID. Yep, that's how Dexter did it. Yep. He also told her that the body should be dumped Dexter style in a body of water with large rocks to weigh down the plastic bags. Because <laughs> apparently he thinks we're near an ocean where that'd be cool. But we're in Alberta. We He's lakes. in Alberta. You can do it in a lake. <sighs> Idiot. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with a lake? There's plenty of big lakes where you could dump a body. Not that it would never be found. I mean, sure it would. Sturgeon would get it. It might not. <laughs> Either way, it... <laughs> The show clearly, like, showed us that um, that doesn't work because Dexter got caught. Only because like, there were scuba divers. There's no scuba divers in the lakes. There could be. No, there's not. <laughs> You're fine. No one's scuba diving in the lakes. Either way. Um, so it is believed that the same day he sent this message, he attempted to kill his first victim. Oh. Yes. Why is he killing people now? I don't know. What? Ask him. I don't have his psyche. So I'm scamming people and trying to make Star Wars movies and costumes. Oh, now I want to kill somebody. I don't understand the character development. Mark used the site PUF to lure in his victims by pretending to be a 24-year-old blonde woman named Sheena. Nice. Gil Tetrialt made arrangements to meet this Sheena at her house, which um, never, Hi, never I'm do. I'm Sheena. <laughs> um... So when Tetrault arrived, he entered through the garage and was hit from behind. Aw. Yeah. Rest in peace, dude. Yeah. Well, hey. uh, Mark stood over him wearing a hockey mask and pulled out a gun. Oh. He, he instructed Tetrault to stay down and put his hands on his back and close his eyes. Aw, poor guy. When Mark bent down to handcuff him, Tetrault realized the gun was plastic and grabbed the end of it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mark started to hit him with a baton after this, but Tetrault was able to escape and made a run for it. No way. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yep. Once he left the garage, he came across uh, two dog walkers who were able to uh, come to his aid. Oh, wow. <laughs> he tries to have done- Why is he doing this? I don't get it. <laughs> uh, so basically, the way he says it is with this one, he wanted to um, bring them in, show them the kill room, because he made a kill room. Okay. And, like Dexter. And be like, hey, look, this is a hoax. Ha ha. Go write about it online. That, you know, you experienced this and peace out is what he says he was going to do. But then uh -huh. he changed plans uh, 10 minutes before Tetrault arrived saying, I'm going to scare him from behind. Um, like, but then he hit him. But then he hit him. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. Stupid. <laughs> sure. Uh, so after this failed attempt, Mark went back online to look for a new victim. So the guy didn't call the cops on him? Uh, No. No. Why? I don't know. I'm just going to leave that, keep that to myself. <laughs> well, the next one happened quickly after. Maybe he just was, you know, still kind of in shock. Still, that's crazy. Yeah. You'd think the dog walkers would have called the cops. Like, I don't know. Maybe uh, it's embarrassing for Yeah, but the dog walkers to, came to his aid. You no, know. oh, they did. So one of them should have called the police. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, this guy just hit me a whole bunch with a baton. Tried to abduct me. Yeah. Should we call the cops? No, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, so two days after this occurred, Mark uh, sent Renee a message advising her to use a sturdy copper pipe and to use a hunter's game processing kit to cut up the body. So he keeps telling her on how to okay. kill people, you know? This is so weird. I know. 
It's fascinating. Like, I thought there, I didn't know if there's going to be enough to do an episode on, but there's actually more than what I was able to put in. Okay. So, interesting. And the dude's still alive. So, yeah. Either way, uh, during this time, Mark was also low on funds and started a new project called Day Players that was a movie focusing on the lives of movie extras. So while this whole shenanigans with trying to kill people is going on, he's also trying to do a new movie project. Okay. Because he calls himself a filmmaker. Ah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he got multiple- well, you're invest- not a murderer anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, yet. Not successfully. Yeah, uh, so he got multiple investors to give him thousands of dollars. Pincent uh, was one of these investors and gave Mark $35,000 Canadian. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, to upsell the movie, Mark would name drop famous celebrities like Justin Timberlake and Alec Baldwin, claiming that they were going to appear in the film. Because <laughs> oh, how does he know who Justin Timberlake and Alec Baldwin You're from Edmonton! <laughs> know who those people yeah, are I know. personally <laughs> yeah. like we know who they are but we've never met them and we couldn't get them in a fucking movie yeah. we're in Edmonton Alec Baldwin likes to drag his raggedy ass around the Arctic Circle for kicks <laughs> <laughs> uh, just shits and giggles that's why he's way up here apparently <laughs> doing some like hack filmmakers movie out of his garage excellent Ugh. Uh, so instead of putting this money to the production, he used it to help support his family because, again, he ne- didn't work. And yeah. Uh, so a week after the failed attempt, um, Mark started the process over again with a man named Johnny Altinger. So on October 10th, Altinger arrived, uh, still in 2008, uh, Altinger arrived at the same garage as Tetrialt had. Oh, great. Uh, he killed Altinger, then cut up his body and dumped it down a sewer. Okay, that just... Gonna get right in there while I still got my socks on. Yeah. How, how did he kill him? What what happened? Um. So there's, I'm not sure. So Mark testified that it was self defense that he stabbed him, and in a panic, cut up his body and dumped it down a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> in a crazy panic, I had to dice him in little bits and dump him down the sewer. Who the fuck would believe that? <laughs> this guy's so ridiculous. Idiot. I still don't know why he's murdering people either. He just like randomly decided to be a murderer. And then after he did it, he immediately backpedaled and be like, nope, 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 nope. What? I didn't do it. It was self-defense. Oh, but he he must get caught here. Pretty quickly, actually. Okay, so let's get into that because <laughs> clearly we're already in court now. Okay, so uh, friends became suspicious of his whereabouts, especially his friend, uh, Altinger's friend, Dale, Dale Smith. Okay. Altinger was supposed to give Smith a motorcycle lesson on October 12th. So Smith called Altinger on October 10th, 10th to confirm their plans, uh, to which Altinger stated that he was planning to meet a woman he met from an internet site that evening. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, Smith testified, quote, the instructions were out of the ordinary. It didn't have an address. It was instructions to meet behind the garage. I wasn't too happy about the instructions, and I told John to give me a call when he got there and to give me the address before he went into the place. Okay. Altinger, Jeez. Yeah. Altinger did call Smith when he got to the garage and told him that the woman wasn't there. Oh, jeez. He also told Smith that he met a man in the garage who introduced himself as a filmmaker. <laughs> the man showed him props for a film, including a replica gun. Oh, the last time Smith spoke directly to Altinger was later that night uh, when he got a short email saying that Altinger planned to go back to the garage uh, to meet the woman. What? Yeah. that. 
So maybe Mark was like, hey, she's here now. You know, come back. Oh, that. Wow. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah. Uh, so three days later, on October 13th, 2008, Mark broke, broke into Altinger's house and sent an email to Altinger's friends stating that a woman named Jen had whisked him away to Costa Rica. <laughs> Friends were suspicious of this email, as they should be. Yeah. Uh, because it didn't sound like Altinger. Yeah. Altinger always ended his emails with a joke or a smiley face, to which this email had none. He didn't even take the time to like look through his send right? emails. Like- Spend two minutes to look at what he usually writes like. I feel like I could do this so much better than him yeah. if I wanted to. I don't, because I love people. This guy's just ridiculous. But, you know, like, yeah, yeah. idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah just gonna put the dwight idiot idiot yeah. idiot idiot <laughs> um friends went to altinger's place and noticed that his motorcycle um was no longer under its tarp which was also out of character for the man oh, okay and then friends also noticed that altinger's M- msn messenger status that brings you back mm-hmm. uh was updated saying Quote, I've got a one-way ticket to heaven and I'm not coming back. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. All right, so we're getting back to Renee. So on October 14th, so a day after that email sent out to all of Altinger's friends, Mark sent Renee a message stating that he crossed a line but wouldn't tell her anything else. Okay. Around this time, Mark made a 42-page document called SK Confessions on his laptop stating everything that happened with Altinger. Wow. Uh, He... Basically, you know, like made it a story. I think it orig- like in the in the SK Confessions, Altinger doesn't die, but ooh. like ooh. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll add the link in that if you want to. This read will be it. the third time a fucking murderer has made like an autobiography, and it's all just crazy lies. They're all fucking narcissists. <laughs> look at me! Look at me! I killed somebody. Aren't I, I amazing? killed a person. Yes, I, I stuck feel up so. On- I feel so terrible. Oh, it should have never happened. I was going to call the ambulance, but he was almost dead. Oh, my goodness. Which is what part of his testimony sounded like. Ugh. <laughs> this guy. I know. Uh, so he wrote to her again on October 26th saying, quote, there's lots going on, most of it not good. Ooh. So on October 27th, he messaged her again saying, quote, there's an enormous missing person a possible homicide investigation going on centralized around a location I've been renting for film work. So, of course, police have tossed my house and impounded my car. Oh, wow. He added, this was not fun considering they won't find anything. Well, sucks to be you, Mark. They found shit. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) A lot of shit. You're so bad at this. (laughs) Like, oh my god. So what'd they find? Okay, so... They found, among the evidence, a metal pipe. If you go back to what he messaged her, a sturdy copper pipe is what he told her to use. Oh, yeah. A butchering kit, which he also told her to use, and his laptop containing the SK confessions on it. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) They found the signed written note. I did it. (laughs) They won't find anything. It's fine. Oh, I'm not even done yet. I just have the confession and the murder weapon. done yet man great uh blood was found on the pipe and every edged weapon used in altinger's murder of course there's so also didn't even clean them <laughs> yeah there's also blood on both altinger's car and twi- like mark's car Ugh. 
there is also blood found on Mark's clothes when he was arrested two weeks later. Ew. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Did you not change your clothes? He's got a like, dirty... Like, two weeks after he murdered, like, he murdered the guy. He kept the fucking bloody clothes in his house. Yeah, he's got, like, or a... his garage, You know sorry. what? He's got, like, a dirty pile of shirts lying around, and he just so happened to wear the same shirt that, <laughs> that he murdered him in. Oh, my God. Ugh, dude. <laughs> like, when dude. You were, when you were doing the research for this one, you kept saying, like, this guy's such a loser. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, never mind. He's a loser. Yeah, he's a loser. A loser. <laughs> I'm not even sorry for insulting him so many times, despite him being from the same city as me and alive still. And it's not because he likes Star Wars or gets really into costumes. That's and, the, and the costumes I'm very impressed with. That's this. the part that makes him not a loser. The rest <laughs> of it is what makes him a loser. Yes, the, that part with the costumes makes him exceptional for that specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Other than that, he's a loser. <laughs> Uh, so in the SK Confessions, Mark wrote that he targeted single middle-aged men who lived alone. Oh, wow. An excerpt states, quote, there were also, they were also the most likely targets to have the most expendable money in their bank accounts. By living alone, once they were out of the picture, I could easily enter their living spaces undetected with no forced entry and remove all sorts of valuable items. Hmm. So that kind of directly contradicted what he originally testified during <laughs> that the it was trial, a panic self-defense and a panic yeah and that i was just gonna show him my props and stuff yeah, you know i panicked and had to chop him up <laughs> and i just stared and oh my god the blade was in his stomach and i was gonna call the ambulance but i knew that he was gonna be dead soon anyway oh my goodness so then i chopped up his body and put it in the sewer Ugh. fucking idiot put him in the sewer in the sewer so like a storm drain like a sewer like a like manhole cover? a manhole sewer. Oh, wow. Yes. Ugh. He put him down a sewer. Okay, so he opened a manhole cover. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So on October 31st, 2008, uh, Mark was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Um, I find this also especially fun because Halloween is, uh, as he's put it before, his Christmas. Oh, okay. So for him, he got arrested on Christmas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, so shortly after his arrest, I think it was like five days after his arrest, Pincent and his other investors filed lawsuits against him to reclaim their money. <laughs> I couldn't find out um, what happened with that one. Yeah. But I'm going to say they won, but I'm going to say they probably also didn't get their money because he's broke as shit. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how hard it is to sue someone who's going away for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm not sure. Huh. But... um. So like I said, during the trial, Mark claimed that he stabbed Altinger in self-defense and cut up his body in a panic. (laughs) Um, Needless to say, the jury did not buy this story and found him guilty. Yeah, he would have been better to plead insanity. Honestly. Yeah, because it really, it's weird. There's like no motive here and it's really strange. And who's going to buy that you cut up a body in panic after (laughs) you stabbed them? Yeah, I know. Dude. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Dude. Like, oh. Anyway. Uh, on April 12th, 2011, he was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility for parole for 25 years. Oh, okay. So he, he can have parole 25 years later. Nice. Or Canada's catch and release program. <laughs> Dude. Uh, so on June 17th, 2011, the Crown Prosecutor also wanted to convict him for the attempted murder on Tetrielt, 
Yeah. Um, but since he had the maximum life sentence, there was no need to proceed with more charges, and they were ultimately dropped. I'm pretty annoyed with Tetriolt and the dog walkers. No one called the cops. That's... I think he's beating himself up enough for that. That's fucking unbelievable, though. Come on. The dog walkers, then. You said dog walkers well, came to his aid. No, Someone... no victim shaming. Yeah, come on. Call the cops. Don't no, just... no victim shaming. He got away. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't go back on this one. Like, call the freaking cops, man. Don't just leave the murderer to do his thing. Well, maybe he was still processing it and it happened a week later. What about the dog walkers? They said you said they came to his aid. Someone would have been like, dude, you look like you've been beaten with a baton a whole bunch. I would call the cops, even if he said not to. Either way. Uh, currently, Mark is serving his time at a Saskatchewan federal penitentiary. I'm assuming it's one of those cases where they took him out of province because the local community probably hates him. Yeah. Uh, shortly after he was sentenced, Mark decided to start a website called The Voice of Mark Twitchell. Oh, that, yeah, we need that in our lives. <laughs> need more, more of that in our lives. Uh, to make a blog about his time in prison, but it was taken down. Yeah. <laughs> so, long story short, some dude in Canada watched the show Dexter and thought to himself, if Dexter can do it, why can't I? <laughs> because it's can. a fictional show, you delusional twat. And also, Dexter couldn't do it. He got caught <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, he was doing damage control, like, at the end of season one. Like, you watch... Also, people are upset because um, Mark is allowed to watch Dexter in prison. Oh. So people yeah. are mad about that. Yeah. I mean... Whatever. Y- you're already in prison for life. Yeah. You're... Y- I mean... Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Either way. Um, yeah, Dexter didn't get away with it. Well, I mean, he did, but, like, it was just damage control from day one, essentially. Uh, yeah, it d- exactly. From day one with Dexter, it's constantly getting caught and trying to, like, damage control the situation. And don't get me wrong. I love Dexter. It's a great show. It's probably one of my favorites, you it's know, okay. until the end. Anyways. Um, but either way, thanks for listening to our podcast. Our next episode will be out February 15th. Check out our website, bondingovermurder.info, to find out where you can listen to us. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at bondingovermurderpodcast for our update and new episode info. Bye! Bye! <laughs>